What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Jerry Harrison of Sportsnet LA will join us in three minutes. But, Greg, what do you got? Alex Smith was released from the Washington football team just the other day. And since, LZ, the Rams are always your five, would you want Alex Smith as the Rams' backup to Matthew Stafford? Um, no. Really? Your boo, Alex Smith. Because I don't want to upset the apple cart. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. We've been able to keep things balanced because we've always been in different time zones. I'm fearful what may occur if we're in the same time zone. So my answer is no. Really? Just can't be, you can't be that close to him, huh? It's just, I, I, I don't want any more controversy. The young man has been through enough in his life from the embarrassment in San Francisco to oh, being dissed man. for Patrick Mahomes and obviously the injury. The last thing he needs is TMZ. So we're just going to say no, Greg, and just keep it moving. I hadn't thought about it quite this way, LZ, but I was actually only thinking about it from the football perspective. Dumbass that I am. Shock, you know? yes. You know, and I actually think just football perspective. You know, we were talking earlier, Blake, does Blake fit with the Lakers? Does he fit with the Clippers? For me, Alex Smith, if you're loading up to try and win the Super Bowl in the next two years because you've got Stafford for these at least two years, uh, I would think that having an experienced backup quarterback like Alex Smith on your roster – that would be that'd be a nice luxury to have. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, despite LZ's worries about being in the same time zone as I him. understand those worries. I've uh, been in those production meetings with Alex Smith. He's hot. I got it. Yeah, yeah. He's he is a handsome fellow. Um so you yeah, gentlemen I, tell no lies. Yeah. <laughs> gentlemen tell tell no lies. So I uh <laughs> I'm with you, though. Right. I mean, could you if God forbid something were to happen to Matt Stafford to have someone as capable as him? Yeah. A backup quarterback. And we've seen a lot more injuries at the quarterback position over the last five to seven years. I I do think it's it's a really important position to have. So I do. Or if we're going to talk football, Greg, then I'll just simply (laughs) say then, since they want to be boring, I'll simply say that that, you know, um, I think Alex Smith is actually still a starter. And I'm not quite sure if okay. he would want to be a backup because they went five and one with them, and that team was trash. <laughs> Let me give you the flip side. You ready for this? Which yeah. is, let's say Matthew Stafford has a couple of bad games. It won't take long for everybody Uh-oh. to go, hey, you got Alex Smith. He's had a great career. Give him a shot. I've never heard a crowd beg for Alex Smith before in my life. It hasn't happened to him. He's had that weird <laughs> luck. To LZ's had, he had a really crazy career. You know, when he was in San Francisco and every year they were changing coaches or coordinators, he had this one game that I'll tell you guys it was a divisional round game against New Orleans, and he ran a bootleg for a touchdown that took it to overtime, and then he threw a touchdown pass to Vernon Davis. In the, in, this is an old candlestick. I mean, I really thought Alex Smith was on his way at that point, and he's just caught bad luck, it seems throughout his whole career, but he's had a great career because he's a winner everywhere he goes. He now he's like the most inspirational guy on the planet. Yeah, it really is inspirational for sure. What he went through is wild. For sure. It's crazy that he's 60 when I saw it. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. We are joined now by Sportsnet LA's own and, of course, great Dodger analyst, friend of the program now after his last appearance, Jerry Hairston Jr. with us here. Jerry, we were just talking about the great news in the last segment that – there is a real possibility that fans could be in the stands 
for Dodger games, like what would you know? You played this game, right? Like, what would it feel like, just considering everything the Dodgers went through, just to have fans there to say thank you for the season that they had last year? Uh, it's it's going to be huge for them, you know, especially have fans back at Dodger Stadium. Now, remember, Dodgers Dodger players did have fans, but it was at uh, uh, Texas Stadium in Arlington uh, during the World Series, and it was only eleven thousand people, and they were thankful for that. Uh, but to have Dodger fans in L.A. back at Dodger Stadium, the, the players are thrilled. I know the Dodger fans are excited. And, and hopefully, you know, little by little, uh, we'll have more fans come to, come to the stadium. Can you, you know, because unfortunately I've never been a professional baseball player. Do you, I know that there's been a, a drought of no fans, but do you think it would feel weird to be in a space as big as Dodger Stadium and hear so few fans? Yeah, it was an adjustment. You know, I never had to endure that. Well, let me stop lying. I played against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, no 5,000. Um, you could literally hear yourself think. And there was always that one fan, too, that would heckle you. Uh, but, you know, to be in Dodger Stadium, a cathedral, uh, you know when you walk in that place, it's 45, 50,000 screaming fans. And to not have that, it was an adjustment. I credit the players, man. They were able to focus and get the job done. You know, it's so hard to play this game, uh, you know, every single day, play against the level of competition. And sometimes you need the energy of the fans. You need that type of energy uh, when you're a little tired, uh, when you hear them kind of really kind of egging you on in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning and get that hit uh, or get that strike out of your pitcher. So not having fans has really been an adjustment for the players, but I know they're excited to have them back. Hey, Jerry, let me ask you the opposite side of that, though. Do you think any players actually benefited from nobody being there and nobody heckling and nobody screaming at them? you think anybody performed better as a result of no fans? That is a great question. You know, I think that's the first time somebody's ever asked me that question, and I've thought about that. I said, usually the guy that maybe is a little bit weak-minded, you know, that gets a little nervous on the road, and when you have that, that fan heckling you, um, you know, they probably perform better. You know, I got used to hearing I sucked at home and away. So <laughs> you know? Sorry I was so loud. So, <laughs> you know, and, and it was really, really loud. So, you know, it, it's amazing. Um, there, yeah, I would say there were a couple of players that may have benefited not having the heckling fan. Now, let me ask you this. Jerry Harrison Jr., Sportsnet LA with this year. Um you brought up an interesting conversation because, look, every sport has that, okay? Has a guy who, you know – can potentially crack under pressure, just handles things differently. And everybody is is made differently that way, like mentally. You know, 26 players in a locker room, in a clubhouse for you. So like, if you had to assign a percentage, because I don't want you giving us names. I don't want you putting yourself I want names. Like I want no, names. No, no. Uh, like if you had to assign a percentage of guys in, or, or the number of guys in a, in a clubhouse in a given season that you're like, yeah, that guy doesn't have it if we were in a – you know, backs against the wall situation. How many in a clubhouse in a given year? Ooh, that is a great question. I mean, it really depends on the team. Um, I've been on a couple teams where, uh, notably, uh, a player who was a star player that said, man, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. I'm I'm nervous. And I'm like, what? I mean, get yourself out there. This is what we, we train for. You know, it's amazing. You work so hard to get to the postseason uh, and, and to play in front of millions of fans, 
that is just an incredible opportunity. I was so thrilled to get a chance to play every day with the Brewers and, and got a chance to, to, to be in the postseason. You know, when I was with the Yankees, I didn't play every day, but I, I, I tried to help them out come off the bench. But to suit up every single night in the playoffs, knowing that you get a chance to have millions of people watching, I love that. And I think some people view it differently. You know, man, I got millions of people watching. What if I make a mistake? But you can't think like that. You'd be surprised, man. There are a couple stars that have folded under pressure. You know, uh, LeBron James has talked about it. You know, the 2011 was a, a learning experience for him. You know, you see what he's done in the postseason since then. He's done an excellent job uh, of performing. There's been superstar players. I know A-Rod talked about it. A-Rod struggled badly in the postseason. You know, uh, Barry Bonds in the past, before he, he got to the Giants, struggled a little bit with the Pirates. So there are star players out there that maybe think they have to put it on themselves a little bit too much and not be themselves. And that's why you look at Derek Jeter, you look at Tom Brady, you look at Michael Jordan, that not only were superstars, but they elevated a game when, when it mattered the most. But, yeah, man, that's a great question, man. There are stars, man, that they get a little gun-shy when, when, um, when the chips are down. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm a tennis fan and was really hoping for Serena to win the Australian Open. And she was killing the tournament until the semifinals when they had fans. And she played her worst match of the tournament. And like you were saying, I just wonder if the added pressure of having fans there because she was so close to that record did something to her. Wow. I just think it was her opponent. I'm, I'm going to look at her opponent because her opponent balled out. Come on. Oh, she, no, know, no, doubt, great no doubt. But her opponent had nothing to do with her serving. <laughs> like, like she couldn't even yeah. serve, you know, it, it was, it was fascinating to see, but you know, but back to the Dodgers. Um, I know you can't talk too much about people's money and that's all fine and dandy, but were you shocked at all by the comments from Seeger or the reports? You know, anyway? Okay, can you can you educate me up on the report? I have not yet seen the report. What had happened? Well, there's a conversation that happened about whether or not um, I'll just sum it up this way: whether or not a long-term Dodger home is in the cards for him. Huh. Well, it's a contract again, thing, you know, whether or not he wants to be back in North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah, well, I guess the report was something to the effect of maybe he would prefer to be back on the East Coast where he's right. from originally. Well, you got to remember, guys, when you're an upcoming free agent, you're available to everybody. You know, you have to be able to make sure you keep all your options open. Okay? Now, he's a young player. You don't know what's going to happen in the next six, eight, ten years of his career. Does he want to stay here long term? I'm sure he does. It's L.A. He won a World Series here, this team that drafted him. It's the Dodgers. But if he comes out and says, yeah, I want to be a Dodger for life, then maybe the Yankees don't bid on him. Maybe the Red Sox don't bid on him. And other big market clubs don't bid on him. And the Dodgers here, okay, he wants to be here. Maybe we'll get him uh, a home – we'll get a hometown, a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. you got to remember, man, he's represented by Scott Boris. Right. Okay, Scott Boris is, has done a pretty good job the last 20 or so years of representing his players – making sure his players don't paint themselves into a corner. So he's going to be really coy. You know, uh, of course, Corey loves it here in L.A., but you have to always keep your options open, even though you may want to stay here. Hey, Jerry, let me ask you about what I think is one of the really big stories going into this season, and that is the potential rivalry between two teams you obviously played for, the Dodgers and the Padres. 
do you see the Padres and what they've built, and particularly the pitching staff that they've put together here this past offseason, do you, you see them as the threat that they look to be on paper? They're a legitimate threat, no question about it. Anytime you have a team that they had last year, and that team's had Blake Stell, an ace, you Darvish, another ace, to their already really good staff, they're without a question a, 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 a threat, especially when you got a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr., who was a superstar last year, and he's just getting better. Add in Eric Hosmer, who won a World Series with Kansas City, Manny Machado, who's a stud at third base, and they have up-and-coming arms in the bullpen and up-and-coming players throughout their farm system. So without question, they're a threat. They're in it for the long haul, but I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing for San Diego. It's a great thing for the Dodgers because it, it, it keeps us on our toes a little bit. You know, uh, it does. If if the Padres don't get Blake Snell or you Darvish, do they go get Trevor Bauer? You know, you got to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. So I love what the Padres have done. Uh, the Dodgers see it, and I think it's great for, for baseball, and it's just great for Southern California to have two really good teams. Jerry Hairston Jr. joining us here, Sportsnet LA, friend of the program. Always love talking to him. It's always interesting stuff. Last one for you before we let you go. Uh, we had Andrew Friedman on about a week or so ago. We talked to him about the rotation. You know, so many guys there, right, that you can choose from. He actually kind of alluded to the fact that there may be more than five, that it's very likely that's going to be the case, um, as, especially early on. But even then, even if you go six deep, right, like there's still a lot of uh, depth there in that rotation. Who makes those five or six spots, Jerry? Like who's guaranteed those spots? I am so glad I'm not Andrew Friedman or Dave Roberts. Because really, they have eight starters. You know, you got to forget, people forget Jimmy Nelson is healthy again. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Nelson was a great pitcher for the Brewers a couple years ago. Now he's fully healthy. He looks strong. Uh, I think it was last night he pitched. So you have eight quality arms. I think what they're going to do is make sure Clayton Kershaw is healthy for the long haul. And this is going to be tough to do. He might miss a start or two. I hope he doesn't hear me saying this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And David Price as well. You want to make sure. Those two guys are fresh uh, come September and October for a long postseason run. When you do that, I'm sure Gonsolin and, and May will have starts as well as Nelson. So it's always good to have uh, plenty of arms in your rotation and in the bullpen. And i tell you what, the Dodgers are stacked more so than any other ball club. And you're right. They have seven to eight quality starters. And outside the probably four with Bauer, Price, Buell and Kershaw, you know, it's up the air for number five and six. Probably do you go Urias or do you go May? Uh, That's yet to be decided, but it's a great problem to have. No, no doubt about it. Jerry Harrison, Jr., Sportsnet LA. Brother, thank you so much for the time. As always, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend, okay? Thank you, sir. You too, guys. Hey, anytime, you guys do a great job. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. It's a good conversation, too, because it's not just baseball. He had a lot of depth to talking about lots of other people and lots of other sports. That was good. No, he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Uh, coming up next, would a Blake Griffin reunion in L.A. be incredible? Would it also be petty? It could be one or the other. We'll get to some of that on the other side at 877-710-ESPN. Plus the All-Star game. Uh, LeBron made his pick, and we'll find out who won yesterday. Me and LZ made some picks, too, so we'll have that for you, the results for that as well. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Oh, come on now. Hey. This is some Friday music right here. Yeah, it is. Getting ready for the All-Star game, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like LeBron crushed Kevin Durant. Now, I went back and watched it because I recorded it. And (laughs) it felt like Kevin Durant was ill-prepared to do a draft that he was just simply going to captain. Like, he's not playing in the game. Like, how do you not – like, he literally was like – uh, let me see. Who, who else do I can I who can, who can I get? Like, I'm like, dog. <laughs> There's only so many players. Like, right. how do you not know? Like, you're a captain. Meanwhile, LeBron's like, yeah, I'll take this guy, this guy, this guy. I want Giannis. I want Steph. I want Luca. I, he was yo. LeBron was on it on this thing. He, he was on it, and on top of that, cap. He spent some time trolling the entire state of Utah. Oh, he oh dude, that was yeah, so did. funny. He you know, did. at the end of it, he's like, hey, 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 hey. I don't want everybody to think that this is jazz slander I'm talking about here, but come on, let's face it. Nobody played video games and took Carl Malone or John Stockton. That's not slander. I mean, That's not just wrong. real talk. He, he is. He's uh, he is right. In NBA Jam, even as good as Stockton and Malone were, I would never pick Stockton and Malone. Never, never. But he even went a deep he even went a step further because remember he was saying I need size. Right. And then he, right. Didn't, then he didn't pick Gobert, right. the right. biggest Sabonis. all-star of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The defensive player of the year multiple times over, he, uh, yeah. he, picked, uh, he picked Sabonis. I mean, I ain't mad at it with Sabonis, though. I ain't you know mad at saying? it either, dog. I, listen, I didn't, want, I didn't want Gobert on my team. Right. <laughs> and Sabonis is good. And Sabonis is, is damn good. But it's yeah. really just about, like, I don't know what Frenchie can do at this point because I think the cement is kind of dry. Um, it's but, tough. It's and tough, you, man. And you, you know, you were the epicenter of COVID. To start and you were the thing. epicenter of COVID. Right, right. He remember, I mean, people forget about that. It's been a year, practically a year. And when Gobert got up in that press conference and touched everybody's microphone, I was so mad. Oh, I know. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is it was it was like maybe two or three weeks earlier than that, where people nobody really, really knew what what the next year and what today right. was going to be. So most people, I at least I think, were like. Yeah, right. I've heard about it a little bit, but it's not that big a deal. And then he played that out. Let me just touch everybody's microphone just to be a goof, only to come to find out that he had it, which right. made him very Dude, unlikable I, at that point. I was so angry. Like I said on on Twitter, on TV, on radio, that like if I'm Adam Silver, I'm suspending him for being a fool. Like that. That's what I'm doing. Like now, I'm not saying he needs to be suspended for the season, but I'm like at least a game or two. That's going to cost you because the reporters, if you remember, were tweeting out like, "Yo, 
this ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, right. and you you put people in a weird, uncomfortable situation. Not, so not I, weird and uncomfortable, dangerous. Dangerous, yeah, really. clearly. We've as lost, well, we have lost least, reporters, yeah. Yeah. including Seku Smith, right. to COVID. Right. So, right. but like, at the time, since we didn't know the gravity of it, at the very least, weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, right. a lot of times attempts at humor really don't go well. Sometimes it actually costs people their jobs. And, yeah. um, and that was a really bad attempt at humor. Yeah, yeah. it was. So, so um, LeBron, you know, got his dig in with that yeah. specifically. <laughs> and the entire state of Utah in general. Yeah. So yeah. It's so well, true. Nobody wanted Carl Malone in a video game no, back in the day. No, and I think no. of Carl Malone. Remember, no. remember how gigantic, though, Carl Malone was? Like his guns yeah. were just massive. And I don't know if you guys saw this the other night, but did anybody see... Shaquille O'Neal in a wrestling ring by chance. I did. Yes, I did. Oh my God. How freaking gigantic is Shaq? And I couldn't believe that he got cross body blocked and then slammed to the ground through a table. I gotta give it up to Shaq. He's pretty athletic at fitty. I I I, I didn't see it. Um, but I'm very happy that he was able to get up from being shattered on the table with all of his like body parts and stuff yeah. i mean he's become like a slapstick comic uh because i watched the uh the nba inside the nba docuseries last night i saw the first part and let me tell you something man ernie johnson is a saint okay like if you don't know about ernie johnson like first of all cancer survivor all no question right like his you know just uh, salt of the earth human being okay his he adopts he adopted multiple children who have disabilities like he is one of the the nicest most genuine people in the world forget about just sports right and that thing yesterday and if you guys haven't seen it you should go back and watch it when he's telling those stories okay about the cancer it, it, I started crying like I could not help myself because you could see the pain on his face even talking about it today and this is like Almost twenty years later. Yeah, you know, haven't seen it. Check I, it out. I, I, I haven't seen it yet, but that man, to your point, George, has endured, and unlike a lot of people, he's had to endure in the public eye. Right. And you know, I know people are like going, he makes millions of dollars and blah blah blah. That that is all true. He right. is living a very comfortable life, and he has access to the best health care that money can buy. That does not guard your heart and your mind from the, right. having to deal with cancer. Well, and he was dealing with, remember, he had lymph node cancer, right? Oh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, I'm sorry. So his face was expanding because of the nodes, you know what I'm saying? Like right. on national television. And eventually he felt the need, like he had to, you know, the doctor felt comfortable with saying, okay, let's go attack it now. And he told the whole world uh, on, on a television set. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Charles and Kenny were not even on the set at that moment. Like, they started the show that day. And we all know this, man. People in radio and media and TV particularly, Ernie said this last night, some of the most vain people you ever find. Like, and right. it's just the reality of it, right? Like, you're supposed right. to look a certain way, look good, right? Like, and for, so for that part of it, too, like, just – was, there was so much that went into it from an emotional standpoint on top of the fact that, hey, you know, maybe I can die, right? Like, it was right. crazy good. And then, here's the thing. In very TNT, inside the NBA-like fashion, I'm crying, and then the next segment, I'm literally on the floor howling, laughing at stupid <laughs> stuff that they've been doing. It is such a well-done documentary. That's awesome. That the balance of really serious to sad to, like, oh, my God, that is 
laugh out loud guttural laughter it's just so well done it's a four-part series and they aired part one yesterday yeah you know lz you talked about ernie johnson having access to great health care because he's famous and maybe he's rich and you know whatever but the reality of the situation is this like you'd have all the money in the world you know you could be steve jobs you could have all the money in the world but it doesn't change the fact that money in the final analysis can't buy you health you know I'm really looking forward to seeing this, George. You've sold me on this and the Britney Spears documentary. Now I got to decide which, which one. Which, by the way, you still first. haven't seen the Britney no, Spears I gotta documentary. Watch, well, you I gotta, watch how much have I really sold tonight. you? <laughs> I got to watch I mean, Coming to America tonight. He sold you enough to do a bit on radio. But here's the thing <laughs> you're supposed to be unplugging. Right. And you keep getting more and more plugged. Yeah, right. you do. No you unplug. Do. Can't yeah, unplug. But listen, if you love sports, okay, which all of us clearly here do, and, and the people listening, I would imagine, do too. Mm-hmm. If you love sports, man. Like, watch this documentary. Uh, and, and if you're, especially if you're a media nerd, then for sure, it's like double the pleasure. But it is incredibly done. Like, I cannot recommend something. Just like the Britney one I told you, you need to watch that. The, though, this one, too, is in that same category, obviously for different reasons. This sounds like a question that will happen later this evening in the pop quiz. There what you made George Sedano cry what what documentary made George Sedano cry? Coming up at 6.40 tonight, everybody. Everybody listening right now, you have the advantage. 6.40 tonight, it's a $369 Lakers Papa Shot. Visit Papa Shop, P-O-P-A-S-H-O-P, papashop.net for more information. We're giving it away tonight at 6.40. That will make the list. All right, coming up next, Blake Griffin. Is he coming back to be a Laker or a Clipper? We can't be both. We'll get to that coming up in two and a half minutes. <laughs> Sedano, LZ, and Cap, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, I mean, we could get to Blake. Do you want him here? If you're a Laker fan, hit us up, 877-710-ESPN. If you're a Clipper fan, do you want a reunion? 877-710-3776. We do have some NBA news real quick to pass your way. Uh, Devin Booker will miss the All-Star game due to a left knee sprain. Uh, He is being replaced by Mike Conley Jr. So a third Jazz member. So they're trolling LeBron. Right, because he's on Kevin Durant's team, right, Booker? Uh... Or, Or is Booker on LeBron's team? I actually don't know. I know he's on Hold my on, I'll team. I'll tell you right now. I, I know I picked him for our draft. So okay. let me get this straight. So Kevin Booker. So so Booker it, got it, tossed. He's on Kevin's team. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. And 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 he he got tossed out of that game against the Lakers. Everybody was going, "What the hell? Why did he get tossed out of the game? What's going on with the referees?" Then everybody says he's he's underrated. He's disrespected. Okay, fine. Then the report was Adam Silver has put him into the All Star game to replace somebody. Now he's hurt and he's not playing. Right, he was yep. going to replace Anthony Davis. Right. Hmm. So that, there's his journey. So they replaced but, him with another you know jazz player. You know what's cool about this? What? Mike Conley Jr. finally made an finally. all-star team. Finally. Bro, finally. how many years did we go and say Mike Conley Jr.'s best player has never been an all-star? Yep. Now we don't have to say that anymore. That's so yep. awesome for him. 
it is awesome for him, and I hope he actually plays a lot because obviously this will probably be his last All Star game too. So I hope he. No, I mean real talk. If you're yeah, like the third game. injury replacement, yeah. that tells you where you are. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know he gets to play a lot and really soak in the moment as best he possibly can because this isn't a regular All-Star weekend. Right. Um, so, you know, it's not the full experience, but to your point, George, at least it's something because to me, him, uh, Rod Strickland, um, Eddie Johnson, the great sixth man for the Phoenix yeah. Suns, like there's mm-hmm. so many great players that never made one All-Star game. Yeah. It's, guard position is hard, man, in, in this sport. It's crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And especially, you know, the way that the voting used to be done earlier. I like I like it now. Yeah. Um, but I think earlier it made it even more difficult to get to yeah. get into the game. Yeah, for sure. So hey, real quick. So the other day, uh, and I blame you, Uncle LZ, uh, we were I watching uncle, the uh, right? a replay of the Auster- Australian Open like a week or two ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh my daughter, Aria, is like, Daddy and I'm like, Yeah, she's like, I wanna play tennis and I was like Okay, I guess we're going to figure out how you're going to learn to play tennis. Um, so awesome. I'm going to take her to her first tennis lesson tomorrow. I got to go buy a racket. Um, but she's a six year old. Like, I, do they make like child rackets? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Children's tennis lessons is an industry unto itself. Yeah. It goes children, then married women to rich men, and then. <laughs> Everybody else. You've seen those movies. Don't act like you haven't seen those movies. We've all seen those movies. I will not be shamed. We've all seen those movies. That reoccurring theme. So she just says, Daddy, I want to play tennis. And you're like, okay, got to go play tennis. I mean, it wasn't like, really? Do you really want to play tennis? No, we'll give it a shot. I'm good. You know why? dad. Because so am I, man. I'm a girl yeah, dad three yeah, times over. Yeah, you got four. You know? Yeah, I got like, three girls, four kids, three right. girls, man. So, like, you know, and, and here's the thing. My daughter, I can already see it. She's kind of like, what's the creative brain? Is it left or right? Do we um, know? I, I don't. I Whatever. Assume. There's one side. It's left. The I'm left using, is the creative brain. I'm using brain. all of it. I'm using left all of it. Left is the creative. I don't know if left is. I just thought that we needed okay, an answer, so I'm going Whatever. with left. She's like an artisty artisty type like she likes to draw right and look we've put her in soccer like instructional soccer before she likes all that stuff but it's the first time that she's really been like i want to play a sport and i'm like okay let's do it you know because i just want to see you know if she's got any sports interest well listen tennis is a fantastic lifelong sport so even if she doesn't become like you know the next great you know champion or whatever she can play this sport literally for the rest of her life. Right. I'm in Palm Springs right now, and this is a huge retirement community, and you can't go three blocks without seeing a tennis court. Right. (laughs) So this is Well, look, I'll tell you this. Where I grew up, um, you know, in a very blue-collar neighborhood in Miami, Mm -hmm. a very Cuban, dense, Hispanic neighborhood, um, the one cool thing that our blue-collar city did was that every city park – had to have a baseball field, basketball courts, as in multiple, and two tennis courts. So when I was a little kid in some blue-collar neighborhood, I got to use whatever busted-up rackets they had uh, at the rec center and learn to play tennis. You know, and I think that here, you know, we're lucky here in California that you can do that year-round, too, to your point of So have you noticed, though, how many tennis courts in public parks are being transitioned into pickleball? No. Any 
any pickleballers out there. Right. Now, I'm vaguely familiar balls. with pickleball because I saw Richard Jefferson and those dudes playing it in the bubble. So I'm vaguely familiar with it. But what is it for those that don't know? Well, I'm not like like intimately familiar. I've only played a couple of times, but it's kind of like doubles tennis only with a kind of a wooden racquetball racket and like mm -hmm. a wiffle ball. Right. So it doesn't have kind of the, the bounce and the speed of so a tennis like ball. So it's like ping pong on a tennis court. Kind of. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad description. <laughs> it's kind of like a bigger ping pong. Yeah, kind of. It, it is, which is why I can't play it, George. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I see it and I'm like, I'll talk to you after my hip surgery. But until then, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Listen, over here with the big boys. When I'm playing pickleball, I'm going to be playing canasta too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a cigar ball. in my mouth. You know? If I'm playing pickleball, that means I've given up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't, I can't do that. Dog. I can't. I, I mean, I ain't knocking you if you do, but no, I'm saying right. I just can't do it. Listen, I, I, I tennis, though, you know, actually you make a great point about it being a lifelong sport because when I was a kid, we had the high school right nearby my house, and we would just hop the fence to go to yeah. the tennis courts just to run around and do something, but yeah. never got any good at it, no good at it now. Uh, I think I got a better shot of playing grown-up ping-pong on the pickleball court than I do of having real tennis. <laughs> there you go. I, I ain't mad at you, dog. You, you championship hunting. You looking for a chip. <laughs> I got you. I got uh, you. Greg and Laura, you have figured out which brain is the creative side? Yes, Greg, text oh, us. There, there you go. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg, you text it. Cre oh, creative or artistic is right-brained, analytical or methodical is left-brained. So if so you're right-brained, you're left-handed? Is that how it works? And if I, don't left, I don't think so. I don't think that has to do anything with your hand, though. I just made up some science. I was seeing. Oh, I was going to say, you know, you know what it is. You're so smart that I just automatically default to like I haven't heard that before. But you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot if you That's think awesome, so. Because I was he like, must know what he's talking about. Let, right. let me throw this out there and see if they go with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said left brain was the creative side, not because I I knew the answer. I was like, it's fifty fifty. Right. You know, there's I got a fifty fifty yes, shot. Exactly. Laura, I, I feel like, did you believe LZ? Because I believed him for a second. No, because I know that that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to call out your foolishness. She was ready to call me on my BS. Well, but the guys well done. You. The guys believed you, so I was like, you know what? It's Friday. Let him have it. It's okay. Right. You know? Girl, I was like, let me throw this out here and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we'll take your calls on Blake Griffin. Do you want him with the Lakers? Do you want him with the Clippers if you're a fan of either 877-710-ESPN. Also, a big rumor, quarterback for quarterback swap in the NFL. We'll tell you about that. We're back in two and a half minutes. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ah, uh, this is the jam right here. Huh. See, is this when the happy hour gets a little loose? Yeah. You know when the happy hour goes from, like, that cool, like, like loungy vibe to, like, uh-oh, we're going to start to get down because people are drinking a little bit too much now. Yeah, happy hour has been happy, and the hour's over, and the drink prices are going back to the normal. Yeah, but yeah. No, That's but when this song going comes anywhere. on. Yes. Yeah, no one's going anywhere. Yeah. That means you didn't, um, you didn't get the job done. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot more to get it done. Yeah. Right.
Right, for sure. We're switching to different prices now. Yeah. Um, real quick, let's go to the phones, 877-710-ESPN, because I do want to get to this cool quarterback story or weird rumor quarterback story in the NFL. Uh, Isaac is on the line. He wants to talk to us about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, Lakers. Blake Griffin, Clippers. Which side are you on? Gentlemen, keep that faking Blaken off the Laker dinner table. And bring <laughs> oh, the okay. I like Come it. On. I like it. Right? I mean, I don't see him fitting in the rotation. I mean, we yeah, can I, make I him work in the it. rotation. Like, I, I hear well, what I, you're no, saying. We can make him work. Um, I just don't think that he's what we need. Right. We need some, well, presence. We need some presence in the paint. Yeah, on the defensive he side. He didn't got it. No, he doesn't have that. You're right. right. I mean, not anymore. And thank you for the call, Isaac. Appreciate you at 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard, 877-710-3776. Yeah, look, Elsie, he's just, um, you know, he's not the same Blake, but can right. he give you 15 minutes? Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely he can. And listen, he's also a really good insurance policy in the event that Anthony Davis can't be 100%. Right. Um, You know, and as, as much as I think we need – a defensive presence more along the lines of what JaVale and what Dwight was giving us, the reality is is that you can still win by being more offensive-minded and just overwhelming people with talent. Blake's work on his three. He's a much more reliable three-point shooter. He can playmate a little bit. He can still be a force inside because even though he's not the jumper that he once was, he's still, to your, to your point, uh, George, he's got girth. Yeah. He's a strong <laughs> dude. And, you know, he can keep up at least in terms of foot speed, yeah. on some of those high-screening roles that Marcus yeah. Saul simply can't do anymore. Much better than Mark can, yes. yes. But, you know, I'm, I'm watching the replay of the game two nights ago against Sacramento, and it's, uh, it's the fourth quarter of the game. And I would say this. If Blake Griffin were on the Lakers and LeBron and AD were both out, based on who I'm watching on the floor with 9.50 to go when the Lakers still had a four-point lead at this point in the game, I mean, Blake Griffin would probably be the best guy on the floor for the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good chance. But, but again, um, I keep going back to this because we've only, as far as I know, cleared one roster spot, and I would yeah. hate to take that up if Andre Drummond gets bought out. Right. No, I, I hear you. And by the way, I, I can imagine right now, like, the Coos fans being like, yo, 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 Coos loves to eat when LeBron and AD aren't there. And good Lord, did he eat that night. Um, he let's did. go to Daniel in the OC. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how you guys doing? Um, I just think that we need maybe uh, Hassan Whiteside or an Andre Drummond, because I think what the Lakers are missing is that beast in the middle that can give us a couple good minutes here and there, some stretches with some – good defense, blocking shots like like McGee and Dwight did, you know? Here's the deal, Daniel, though. Like, man, LeBron already had to deal with J.R. and uh, Dion last year. You want to make him have to deal with Hassan yeah. Whiteside, too? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, it, <laughs> a good, a, a nice little athletic person in the middle. With no, her, I feel so you. I'm not going to simply say, you know, what he was is what he will be. Because we all know what people said about J.R. Smith before he went to the Cavs, and J.R. was a big contributor to a championship. We know what they all said about Dwight Howard before Dwight Howard joined the Lakers, and Dwight Howard ended up winning a championship. So I'm not going to discount LeBron James' ability to elevate someone who has been troubled, even on Hassan Whiteside, and make them or help them reach a higher potential. I'm just simply saying we need somebody who's got some, some 
oomph in terms of the defensive side of the ball. It's not an indictment on LeBron by any stretch of the imagination. No, I mean, no, hell. No. You know, like we we that's why I said you want to make him go through Hassan Whiteside after having to get Dion and JR at the end of the year on this team. So like I <laughs> that was kind of more of a joke and it was more about Whiteside though. Like I don't know LZ man. He's had a lot of stops and in those stops there's not a lot of positive coming out of those stops. JR at least people in Cleveland like Chris Anderson. It. Chris Anderson, come on, man. No, but people liked Birdman. It was just a weird situation that he got caught up in that wasn't true that people got freaked out about. Like, that, that, that's different. You know what I mean? And, well, no, he also had the drugs, obviously, too. That, <laughs> there was that. <laughs> but um, I felt like Whiteside last year in the playoffs for Portland was a pretty solid shot blocker yeah. and a big body, at least. And if, if the Lakers really need, and basically they do – given the way that the first half ended with there's no AD, there's no Gasol, and Gasol can't run. He's not really like a big defensive right. center. Um, so, you know, to me, Whiteside would be an upgrade in terms of whatever else they have on the roster beyond yeah, AD. Yeah. Talent-wise, yes. Yes. I'm worried about the six inches between the ears. I understand that, but I'm, I'm going to go here with LZ that you hand him off to LeBron the same way you hand off a troubled child to Tom Brady. You know, you say, Tom, okay, Tom, can you handle this? Yeah, I got this. No problem. Okay. And the next thing you know, A.B. becomes a guy who's a contributor. All right. If LeBron oh, – look, it, the only way Hassan Whiteside is coming here <laughs> is if LeBron signs off. So if LeBron signs off, I'm good. Okay? I, I'll say go. that. Because – but if if I don't hear LeBron do LeBron things about trying to get him, then, <laughs> then, then I'm going to stay in my position and be like, mm. Mm, I'm not feeling that. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know – you know what? Le, how LeBron feels about Hassan Whiteside, right. but I'm pretty sure LeBron, the basketball genius, knows that he needs more size. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. We should um, invite LeBron on the show and ask him. Yeah, we should. There we go. We should do that. Uh, we should invite Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson too. They're getting talked about everywhere too. And apparently now, a rumor has it because JJ Watt signed with the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins already there. About well, maybe they can do the reunion there with Deshaun Watson. Here's the thing. If that's cool if I'm the the Texans, if I'm the Cardinals, yo, Kyler Murray makes 830 grand or something like that. That's when teams need to take advantage of not paying the quarterback position. Like I I I don't know if I do that plus, you know, Kyler Murray hasn't played a lot of football. Like he played a lot of baseball and didn't do football in most off seasons when he was growing up. So like, he won the Heisman, was the rookie of the year, and made his first Pro Bowl in year two. Like, I'm not selling short on that kid. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to be was really that a pun? good. Was that a pun? That I was not a pun, but it came out that way. <laughs> yeah. And, good. And, but I, I – so I, I feel bad just even saying it. But my point is that dude can ball. I'm not messing with that dog. I got Deshaun Watson. I'm going to need something at least as tall as that. Like, oh, I'm you're not, saying you wouldn't do it if you were Houston? If I was Houston, I wouldn't do that. Oh, one. I'd do it. In I would second gun after Houston. Sam Darnold. I would because, and and I'm really happy for him. He seems to be a really good story. Um, the way that the offense is schemed and his stature, I just worry for the long haul. And with everything else that can go wrong in putting together a Super Bowl team. Why add that on to it when you already have someone like Deshaun Watson that can get you something that might be closer to him 
in physical stature at least. So I look at this. I, I Kyler Murray, I don't really look at his size because, in my opinion, he's he's so exceptional that his running ability and his arm strength make up for his lack of four inches in terms of height. Uh, Isaiah Thomas used to be so exceptional at his height too. Um, okay, but you know, listen, look at Jared Goff, who's six five, who got a ton of balls batted down just because right. he's a, a half second slow. Right, and the release motion. Right, yeah. I, I would say this: if I were Houston. And I could get Kyler Murray, and I could move Deshaun Watson. If I were Houston, I'd want to do that. If I were Arizona, I would say this. Um, a deal can be made. I'm listening. But you're going to have to make it a lot sweeter than just quarterback for quarterback. I mean, right. what else do you have, Houston, that you can give us? Because if you're Arizona, you feel like you've already put a couple of years into Kyler Murray. But Deshaun Watson is a... I don't know if it's like a monster, monster upgrade, but I think it's an upgrade. Not by right. much. No, it's an upgrade. I'm with you on that. I'm, I do think it's an upgrade. I, I just think that when you factor in salary and just everything and upside still for Kyler, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel weird about well, it. Well, your like, point about trying to win when a quarterback is on a rookie contract, that we all do. look back to when Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. He wasn't Russell Wilson yet. Uh, the guy who would come out and say the things that he said this past offseason, you know, like intimating that he might want out uh, because it was really a defensive football team and they were able to, Seattle, put a ton of money into the defensive side when Russell Wilson wasn't really making very much money. Arizona's in that position right now with Kyler Murray. If they took on Deshaun Watson, all their money goes into the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah. All right, coming up next, we got our boy Ariel Hawani is going to join us because there are three titles on the line in UFC 259 this weekend, and nobody breaks this thing down better uh, than Ariel. So we're going to talk to Ariel about that. Ariel's a big NBA guy. Well, I'll ask about Blake, too. I'm curious to get his thoughts. I'm going to ask him if – just randomly. I'm just going to say it like this. Ariel, is Blake Griffin bacon, turkey bacon, or faking? And then just uh, and see where we put Ariel on that one. We'll do, we'll do that coming up. He's going to join us next, plus what you need to know. Sedano, LZ, and Cap, 710 ESPN, back in two. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 